Welcome to LX2 Codependency Coaching. I am Stella. We are recording live on Instagram at Luna underscore X2 underscore LLC. And um, post Mother's Day, just kind of thinking about how codependency shows up in relationships, especially familial relationships. Um, I had a request to talk about boundaries with your adult children. Um, oftentimes I talk about boundaries, you know, as it relates to littles and raising your kids. Um, but once your kids are already raised and, uh, you know, kind of figuring out what your expectations are with your adult kids as an, as a mother of a 29 year old, um, navigating the, the relationship with my daughter and certainly the boundaries and managing my codependency has been a challenge um, since I've been back. For those of you who don't know, um, after I got back from my trip, I have been staying with my daughter in her house. And um, yeah, we've had to navigate and reconnect with what our boundaries are and maybe even just reestablish or establish new boundaries, uh, which has been challenging to say the least. Uh, for both of us, I can imagine. Um, she's out of town this weekend, but I have recognized that my codependency has definitely kicked in, um, and as you know, as has hers, um, because as two adult women who are used to living pretty independently and solitarily, um, you know, cohabitating with your mother is not always fun. Um, I can imagine. <laughs> Uh, my mom actually lived with me for a couple of years uh, in 2017 and 18. Um, and so I, I do recognize that um, as an adult daughter, it was a challenge to have my mom live in my home. And I can imagine for my daughter, it is a challenge for, to have me live in her home. It's also a challenge for me to, you know, not have the level of independence that I'm used to. Uh, and so, yeah, it's, it's something we are traversing and, uh, addressing pretty daily, uh, which has been interesting to say the least. Um, but I work with clients a lot of times on how to establish boundaries with their adult children, um, and how to manage their, you know, how to manage boundaries being set for them as well. Um, I remember a few years ago, I had a client. Um, and it was a husband and a wife, they weren't coming in for couples, but they were trying to navigate how to deal with, uh, the mother-in-law. Um, so the mom of the wife and, uh, it was super challenging. I think culturally there is an expectation of access to like home and grandkids. And, um, you know, when, when we bring in a new person into our family, um, sometimes we have to talk about things that we hadn't talked about before or what, you know, kind of establish what the expectation is for privacy or for gift giving or for, um, you know, meals, all the things there's, there's so much to kind of navigate, especially when you have adult children to figure out, uh, how to maintain a relationship with communication, uh, connection and understanding, but also with limits, um, and oftentimes if we don't live with our, or live close to our adult, you know, our parents, we have to kind of figure out how, how to reintroduce our adult selves to our parents. Also how to, as parents, you know, 
introduce our new cells to our adult children. A lot of times, um, if, if you don't live in the same space, um, you know, you, you're not communicating about boundaries often, or you, you haven't set them because you haven't needed to. Um, but I think about that when, when it comes to what happens when we are triggered back to a former version of ourselves dealing with our, our parents. Um, I can tell you that when my mom lived with me, uh, for that two years, it was super challenging. Um, it was my house. I paid the mortgage and, uh, she would just kind of walk into my bedroom, which was not helpful. I was triggered back to a 16 year old version of me where I felt like I had to lock the door in my own house. Um, and we had to have a conversation about, you know, knocking. Um, yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was a thing that sent me back to therapy if I'm being honest. <laughs> um, and so it's one of those things where when we think about the period from zero to 18, 21, um, parents have a lot of influence or perceivably a lot of influence on what our kids do. And then, you know, from, let's say 18, 19, 20 forward, depending on, you know, the living situation, those boundaries shift and change and the expectations shift and change. Oftentimes parents are communicating this expectation of like, once you turn 18, once you graduate, um, you know, this is the expectation. If not, um, you know, kids are, are kind of saying, oh, once I turn 18, I'm moving and I'm, I'm out of here. Um, I do remember when my daughter, uh, she's an October baby. So she turned 18 while she was still in high school. And, uh, and she was like, yeah, me and my friend, we're going to move out. We're going to do all these things. And I was like, that sounds awesome. I love that for you. Um, do you know how much rent is? Do you know how much it is to like pay for, she was paying for a car insurance at that time, uh, groceries, internet, cable, all the things. Um, and so I sat down with her and I, and I did a budget. She promptly said, I will wait a little bit before we move out. Um, it's interesting because I think generationally and certainly the, the most recent generation, uh, Z, um, and certainly the one before that, they don't move out as, um, as, as to be expected. I think Gen X, um, we wanted to move out right away. We had a large set of sense of independence. Um, and you know, we, moved out, we did our own thing. And so I think each generation does it a little bit differently. Um, certainly the, the boomers before that, um, were getting married and, uh, you know, creating their own families. And so there is a lot of differentiation between each generation and how they kind of work into that individuation or moving out onto their own. Um, and certainly, you know, now we are helping to take care of our adult parents. Um, and so when we have them in our home, it is an it's an interesting dynamic to reestablish kind of who is in charge um because when we're talking about like we're all adults this idea of like peers is uh, assumed that we you know as adults should all be able to do these things um and that's not always the case um sometimes we have to reestablish uh what our expectations are by communicating you know, what we would like to happen if we are cohabitating in the same space or if, you know, our kids live nearby or whatever, the, or even if we're visiting, right? If we're visiting our, our adult children. Um, and then, you know, a little bit later, we'll talk about, you know, kind of how grandkids play a part in that. I am not a grandmother. I don't ever intend to be. 
Um, <laughs> that's not really up to me, but yeah, right now we're not we're not addressing that. Um, I think it's it's interesting to kind of start to talk about what are the expectations when it comes to having you know peer relationships with our adult kids. Um, once we we launch a kid and and you know kind of have them go out into the world to do their own thing, um, you know there is an expectation of communication. There is an expectation of visitation. Um, and so if those things aren't established or communicated, um, you know, there might be some resentment on both ends uh, if the communication is not non-existent or too much. Um, and this isn't an ideal situation, right? In a, in a relationship where, um, you know, kids and, and adult children and their parents are still communicating, um, that doesn't always happen. Um, and so maybe even having that conversation of like, what is a comfortable amount of communication? Um, what is the expectation, you know, for me to call or shoot you a text or shoot you an email? Um, after my daughter went away to college, she went when she was uh, 19, moved to a different state. Um, I wanted to be able to give her enough space and, you know, I wanted to make sure that I wasn't um, over communicating or like super in her business. Um, the way that she perceived our communication was that we communicated pretty regularly and I didn't feel that. Um, but I also wasn't like super missing it. I mean, I was just like, okay, you're doing your own thing. Like, I don't have to worry about where you are, or what you're doing. Um, I think there was also this idea that like, she was a state away. There wasn't a whole lot I could do if something went, you know, wrong. Um, I did have siblings in, in the state where she was. And so, you know, I, I, there was a level of trust there that she was able to take care of herself and, and get her needs met. Um, for me, it was super challenging, but I was also like starting a business and, and doing things. Um, when I left for college, my, my mom, I also went to another state um, and she and I were not in a great place. And so that so was in like 1991. So there wasn't cell phones, you know. We had to schedule phone calls, um, and I think there was some letter writing, if I can recall correctly. Uh, but I, I did not want a whole lot to do uh, with with communicating, you know, to home. Um, and so certainly when I moved back, by that time, you know, my mom had moved, and so I was living on my own. Um, and you know, once Luna graduated, she was also living on her own. Um, for a while, you know, she, she went to, uh, she joined AmeriCorps and, uh, traveled, uh, to, to different places. Um, and so she, she's always been a pretty independent human. Um, so the, the two of us, you know, cohabitating in the same space didn't really happen right away. In fact, I think we went on a vacation together for, uh, seven days in, um, 2018 after she graduated. And that was kind of the longest we'd spent together since she left home. And that was kind of challenging. Like the first couple of days, it was fun. And then, uh, you know, we started to have some spicy moments. She did a really good job at the beginning to kind of communicate what the expectations were and like how to take space from each other. Um, and by the end of that seven days, you know, we were definitely ready for a break. So this is kind of the longest that we've spent together when she moved back to New Mexico I was living in my own space. Um, and so we'd have dinner once a week. Um, 
I would watch the dogs. And um, so we, we communicate pretty effectively when it comes to those things. But I do, you know, I have worked with clients whose parents or who are parents and whose adult children um, either really struggle to launch or, you know, kind of do the back and forth. Like sometimes they're, they're away and they're doing their own thing and then sometimes they're back in the home. Um, and so it's difficult to kind of reestablish every time this is the expectation. Like if you're going to live in, if you're going to live under my roof you're going to live in our home. Like, this is what, what we expect, you know, we expect you to keep common spaces clean. Um, we expect you to contribute to, uh, you know, household goods like toilet paper and groceries and, and all of those things. Um, a lot of times parents will feel a level of guilt or obligation to make sure that their child is their adult child is, um, you know, participating or, or, um, contributing to the community. Of, of our home. Um, I think when I, when I was, when I was younger and a parent, uh, I talked a lot about like, you know, I didn't do allowance. I was like, we all live here. So we all contribute, you know, we had chores, all the things. Um, I do recognize that like now that I am back living in her home, um, I do things automatically. Like I, you know, I'll clean the kitchen, I'll unload the dishwasher. Um, you know, I pick up dog poop. Like my whole goal is to not be a burden. Um, and it's interesting because I think the things that I do automatically, um, you know, might overstep and that's obviously not my goal. Um, but I think oftentimes when, when we have adult children, we go into this role of a parent and, um, and the, and our adult kids don't necessarily like that. Uh, <laughs> I know that, you know, for myself, I, I try to communicate or ask questions of like, is this okay? I didn't always, sometimes I would just like jump into the role and, and, uh, definitely, you know, step on some toes. And, and so that, that is a challenge as uh, a mom, um, you know, or just as the person that I am. So I, I do work to ask the questions of like, is this okay? Or can we do these things? Um, Luna and I talk a lot about you know, making statements versus asking questions and, um, even checking in, like, you know, what is the temperature of, of what's going on or communicating like whether or not, um, you know, she's coming home at the end of the day. And if there is an expectation of dinner, um, you know, if I'm making dinner, is she making dinner? What are we contributing to, you know, groceries? I think we take turns. Uh, she buys one week, I buy the next week. Um, we make a list of, you know, the things we need. And so those are things that we are continuing to work on and establish. Um, if you don't live with your adult kid or your adult kid doesn't live with you, um, you know, really kind of what are the visitation rules and like, do you have a key to their house? Do you knock first? Do you text before you come over? Um, I was having dinner last week with, um, a group of people, um, my friends and then people I didn't know. And there was a woman who had an adult, daughter who is 21 and uh, her daughter had mentioned something about boundaries and the mom was like no I don't have any boundaries I'm gonna you know totally just be up your ass constantly and you know I have she had this expectation that they were going to remain close and do all the things whereas the daughter was like that's not actually my preference and and you know we definitely need to have some rules and limits um setting those rules and limits like I said it is an evolving conversation 
depending on how you feel when your adult kid is in your space or you are in their space. Um, like I was mentioning before, I had the, the couple whose mom was like, she would bring things over every time she visited. Um, they had uh, two kids of their own. And so the mom was, you know, constantly there bringing gifts, bringing food, maybe not necessarily following the dietary restrictions that uh, the mom and dad had set for the kids. And they were super frustrated with how to set those boundaries. Um, I've had other couples uh, who have adult kids whose kids expect them to like come over and help or, you know, do landscaping or, or you know, help with childcare. And, um, you know, the parents are struggling with like, that's not necessarily what we want to do with our retired time. Um, and so it, it is a constant uh, potential, you know, uh, conflict if there is an expectation that has not been met or if there is an expectation that, you know, that the other party doesn't necessarily want to do. And we feel like we have a sense of obligation to our adult kids to, to do certain things because they're our kids, but these are adults. And so, you know, previous to them becoming adults, it's important to kind of communicate what the expectation is that, um, you know, once you turn blah, blah, blah age, like we need you to either contribute or to go to school or to move out or whatever. And again, this is an ideal situation. Oftentimes they're going to be, uh, non-ideal situations where kids leave and there's a lot of resentment and there's not a lot of communication. And, um, you know, our, as parents, our job is to make sure that we instill in our kids all the expectation of, or even the, the ability, right? We, we teach them how to do things in an ideal world, um, how to budget, how to uh, pay their own bills, how to, um, you know, take care of a living space if, if that's, you know, what you do. Um, and so all of these expectations are assumed sometimes without actually communicating like this is how you do the things um a lot of times we presume that our children are um, watching what we're doing and then going to do that for themselves um i have talked to lots of parents who are like who raised you like this is not how we clean a house or this is not how we maintain a yard or whatever and a lot of times it's not osmosis like they're not just going to learn how to do it because this is what we do and they're going to figure out how they do things and what works for them um and it's it's curious to me a lot of times when parents will say like this is not how i raised you to be um well Yes and no, like we may have set up a model or an example um, and then it just like, again, presumed that, that that's how the kid is going to do things um, and they're going to find their own way. And then once they couple up with another person, they're also going to find their own way. Right. And so it's important to have the conversations of, you know, what what do you see as an effective life for you and how do you want to do it? Can I help or do you not want that kind of help? Um, rather than just kind of showing up and continuing to bring um, extra stuff into the home or, you know, cleaning up after, you know, a meal or whatever, like th these kinds of things can feel like infringements on boundaries if they are not communicated. 
Um, and like I said, my daughter and I are working on it kind of every day. Um, but we have very different ways of, of doing things, not completely different, but you know, the other thing is this, um, kind of parents get stuck in time and when they are dealing with their adult children, you know, they're dealing with a version of their child that they don't necessarily, they aren't necessarily that version anymore. Um, and so that, that took a lot for me to recognize that like, my adult daughter is not her 16-year-old self. And so if her 16-year-old self used to do a thing, her 27-year-old self doesn't necessarily do that same thing. Um, I think about often, and I was, during the workshop, I was talking about how, you know, sometimes our uh, family has us kind of locked in gel of what they assume or who they assume we are. Um, and so I use the example of like grandmas who are like, hey, do you still like that Justin Bieber fella? And the reality is like, you may not have liked Justin Bieber for a long time, um, but your grandma still thinks that that's what you're into. Um, and so it is that opportunity to reintroduce ourselves to our adult parents. And it's like, this, that's not who I am. You know, would you like to know who I am today? Um, would you like to know what my beliefs are? Would you like to know how I do things or what I'm going through. Um, sometimes that's not safe with our parents um, because, you know, we don't necessarily share those things with them because, you know, we don't want conflict. We don't want judgment. Um, and so it's, it's, a, it's a challenging thing sometimes as an adult child to have relationship with your parents. Um, and again, this is a choice. It's a conscious choice whether or not you engage with them. Um, as I was writing the book, I was, I was kind of looking at, at different versions of myself and different versions of me, of my relationship with my mom. Um, I have an okay relationship with her. It involves some texting, um, and occasional phone calls. We don't spend a lot of time together for the reason that she lived with me for two years <laughs> and, uh, and I had some expectations and she had some expectations and they weren't necessarily met. So, um, I think that definitely influences how I relate to my child. Um, and so if you have a relationship with your kid, you know, it, it's that those, the relationships on both ends definitely influence each other, right? So how you were with your parents definitely influences how you are with your adult child. And to be able to set up the boundaries of like, these are my expectations and I'm not going to love you any less, but I will get frustrated, irritated, or overwhelmed if the expectation is that I am your childcare or I am your uh, financial resource to bail things out. That level of um, an entitlement to resources on either in either direction, right? Like that's that's the other thing, um, and especially time. Like time is a resource that uh, I think that parent adult child relationship, um, can be overwhelming. Whereas like, I feel as though I am owed this, you know, access to my grandchild or access to, you need to come and visit every Sunday. Um, or I need you to, to help me to get these things done. And so really recognizing, is there a level of expectation that is maybe not being communicated um, and, and to say like, what is your expectation? And so th then you get to evaluate whether or not you have the capacity to meet it. Um, it is, and it can be super challenging if one party is making assumptions and the other party is 
you know, not able to meet those expectations or chooses not to. I think that's the other piece is oftentimes if, and this is where like emotional reactions come into play, if there is an expectation of access to resources or um, even limits, right? You have to be able to communicate those with your adult child to say like, this is not actually how that's going to work. And, you know, this is my alternative option. Uh, Or it's just not, it's just not going to work. And we get to choose the kinds of relationships we have with our adult children and with our parents. Um, And if the relationship is not something you want to sustain or maintain, that's totally an option too. Um, It is difficult to work through the guilt and the shame and the societal expectation that family is the most important thing and you have to kind of work it out. Um, No, you don't. You don't actually have to if you don't want to. And so that is your opportunity to really recognize like what it is you want for your life. And if maintaining the relationship is important, it's got to be mutual, right? It can't just be the expectation that I want to be able to maintain this relationship. So I'm going to be in your space and trying to force something that doesn't necessarily work for both parties. Um, And then again, when we bring other people into those dynamics, you know, partners, other in-laws, like children, those relationships and expectations shift and change. They actually are supposed to evolve. We can't just assume that the way that we've always done things is the way that we always will do things. Um, We're going to change those things based on how we're feeling in the moment or what we're going through or what's going on in the life that we are currently in. And so if we pigeonhole people into a version of themselves without communicating who we are today, then people are going to get upset and people can be upset and that's okay. Um, But again, if the relationship is something you want to maintain, it's going to take several conversations and communication of expectation or conditions to what will happen if the boundaries are crossed. Um, If the boundaries aren't communicated explicitly, it's going to be really difficult. It's kind of like walking on, you know, a minefield of like, where are we uh, today and what's happening? Um, Because a lot of times old reactions or old emotions are triggered if we're not communicating what those expectations are. I will say that... You know, like I said, having my mom live with me for two years definitely sent me back to therapy. Um, I can imagine for Luna that's a, a similar feeling. <laughs> we are working on it. We we work on it every day, um, and it it's it gets it gets easier. It gets better, um, but it gets better because we're working on it. We're actively you know talking about what our expectations are and and what we would like for this relationship dynamic. And, and that could be different a year from now. That could be different in five years from now. Uh, once she starts making people, who knows what that's going to look like. Um, I know that for myself, like Luna has a really, or my daughter has a really good relationship with my mother, um, which is fine. Like I want that for them. My mother as a grandmother is a very different person than she was as my mother. Um, and my mother today is a different person than she was when I was, you know, 18, 25, all the things. Um, and so it is. Like it's, it's an evolution that does require uh, constant maintenance 
to be able to manage that if that's what you choose. If that's not what you choose, that's okay too. Um, two things before I go. Um, I did have a client, or well, a participant in the um, in the workshop this week who asked if separation anxiety was influenced by codependency. Um, and so for those of you who don't know, separation anxiety is the anxious feeling that we get when we are separated from someone we care about, um, whether or not they're a parent or not. Oftentimes it will happen right around this time of year uh, during graduation when, uh, you know, kids are getting ready to launch. And so it can happen both for the, the adult child and for the parent. Um, I know that my transition from, you know, high school graduation to college was very wrought with like a lot of social uh, separation anxiety from both my mom and myself. Um, with Lou, it was not as, as challenging, uh, but yes, it is influenced by codependency, especially when we have that enmeshment of relationship and separating can create a lot of distress, uh, both for the parent and the child. And so it's important to have those, you know, conversations about what it is to to separate and and to individuate and create your own independent, you know, uh, orientation to life. Uh, recognizing that, you know, coming together and being able to problem solve and communicate and, you know, create understanding is going to come with like having those conversations about what is the expectation of communication, what is the expectation of uh, re-entry if that's a thing that happens, you know, kids come back for holidays or, or whatever. And even if they go to, you know, go to school in the same space, um, what are the expectations? What does that look like? Um, there's all these videos of like kids coming home for holidays or whatever. And they're like, oh, you know, mom and dad are going to do my laundry and make all the food and, and have all the snacks. And that actually is, is a conversation. It's a, it's a question. The expectation will be met with resistance if uh, if the parents don't know what the expectations are or if, you know, parents then want to hover or do all the things for their kids and their kids are like, I don't, I don't want that. I don't want to spend time with you in that way. Um, you know, that's where you get the opportunity. Uh, the second thing is that in, in the workshop, somebody asked what coaching looks like. So I'm going to wrap this up and then I'll tell you about that. Um, but I do encourage you to even just now, like, in a casual way, <laughs> sit down and have a conversation with your adult children of what the expectation is. What is the expectation um, for us to spend time together, for us to communicate? Um, and is it working the way that it is or do we need to tweak it a little bit? Um, and recognize like emotionally where your resistance or resentment or frustration is and, you know, how are you going to maintain your peace to recognize where you end and where they begin? Um, so hopefully that was helpful and it will spark some conversation um, and some expectations and boundaries and, and all of those things. Um, I'm still working on it every day. And, you know, both of us are still alive and out of jail. So that's important. So the second thing is uh, somebody had asked me like what coaching looks like um, from a codependency perspective. What I have said is that coaching is very much, uh, it looks like therapy. It's not. Um, what I do in a coaching session is uh, initially kind of figure out what relationships are for you and where you're struggling to manage or maintain boundaries, increasing your emotional awareness of how you're feeling in those relationship dynamics. If you're coming in specifically with a, um, with a relationship in mind, 
you know, that you want to set boundaries or that you struggle setting boundaries or you struggle uh, communicating those boundaries. Um, so I think about like work, um, familial relationships, partner relationships, friendships. Uh, we're going to focus on those relationships and how, and I will coach you on how to maintain those boundaries, um, how to increase your emotional awareness, and then how to uh, communicate your expectations. So uh, that gives you an idea of how coaching works. It often does feel therapeutic or feel like therapy. It is not um, because I am not licensed to do therapy uh, and I'm choosing not to do that. So that is kind of, it gives you an idea of what coaching looks like. If you want to set up a coaching session, you can reach out to me on my website. You can DM me here on Facebook. Um, you can reach me at lx2.cod.coach at gmail.com. And I will see you guys next week. Take care. All right, we are ending the video on Instagram and uh, ending the podcast. Again, you can get a hold of me um, at lx2.cod.coach at gmail.com, um, on Instagram, on uh, Facebook, and on TikTok. I will talk to you soon. Take care.